Hey, this is Nick Gelso, co-owner and founder of CLNS Radio. Today's podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. lynda.com is the home of expert video tutorials. Because you're such a loyal listener of CLNS Radio, and it's 2015, you want to kick the new year off in style, claim your free trial today from CLNS by going to lynda.com slash CLNS. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash CLNS. Now on to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah, buddy. Whoa. I played the nine-minute version. We could just listen to that for the first sixth of our show tonight. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt Rury, and this is Carol Whispers on CLNS Radio. And as Nick Gelso just kindly told you, this lovely podcast is brought to you by lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D.com. I'll tell you all about Linda a little later, if you know what I mean. What's up, Calvin? What's up? I, I dated Linda once. Back you in the Linda. Yeah, when people named Linda existed. Right. How did she spell her name? She spelled it with a, a fancy Y, not a, a pathetic pedestrian I. That's right. And I bet she knew a lot of stuff, too, huh? She knew about everything. She was like, we, we used to call her Internet, even though back in that day we didn't quite know what the Internet was. <laughs> that is wonderful. Um, I guess I might as well just tell them about Linda right now, right off the bat, even though Nick already did. 10-day trial to lynda.com and learn all of the things that Calvin's former girlfriend knew. And just find out whatever, all the knowledge that she had is stored on lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-B-A.com. And if you want that free 10-day trial, of course, put the slash at the end. You know how the internet works, Calvin. And then put C-L-N-S right after that. That's lynda.com slash C-L-N-S. Boom. Free stuff. Boom. We should have a clip of, of somebody saying boom or like a big boom sound that I could play because I say that word a lot. Do Instead, you? There's a, uh, there's a I will use this. Because I'm picked off for greatness. There you go. I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was somebody for the Phillies doing a press conference and uh, he wanted this reporter removed. He says, boom, out of here. It's pretty funny. Out of here. Or boom, that's another one. I don't know if you've heard that. Oh, I should probably tweet out what I was on, huh? I'm going to, you know what? I just realized I'm logged into the uh, CLNS radio Twitter feed here. So I am going to tweet out that this show is on right now. What should I say? Careless whispers. With Calvin and me at Team Green Truth, isn't this interesting? Like this must be the most interesting part portion of the podcast right now. What do you want me to say on Twitter, Calvin? Is on uh, right now. The boys are discussing stuff. Call in. Discussing stuff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lure me in, lure me in there with the stuff that we're discussing. Uh, what are we discussing tonight? Uh, we are we are discussing a little bit of basketball, uh, a little bit of you know NBA MVP, a little bit of you know state of the Celtics. Um, you know, do you do you how's it feeling right now about whether or not they're going to make the playoffs? A little bit of uh, Hassan Whiteside, if you saw his act last night, and uh, I kind of want to talk about uh, Dwayne Wade's response to him and 
uh, how I feel about that. But we got a little NFL free agency we're going to talk about. We got some guys. I'm going to ask you if you think these moves were good moves or bad moves. You'll have to tell me. And um, listen, to, listen to that rundown. Little, yeah, a little racism. We like that, right? We're, yeah, well, I mean, we're not going to have, we're not going to be racist. I don't think we're, we try to avoid that, but we like talking about foolish racist people. Yes, we do like that. Yeah, good old fashioned racism. Yeah, we have a little uh, Syracuse coach getting into some trouble. That's a that's a big rundown. I can't fit that all on Twitter. Maybe I should be on Facebook instead, but alas, I am not. Um, follow me on Twitter, like I said, at Team Green Truth, or follow CLNS Radio, more importantly, because they tweet way more than I do, at CLNS Radio. Um, <clears throat> our other sponsor, Calvin, is Peak Organic Brewing Company. I want to mention them right off the top before we really get into our the meat of our discussion tonight. They are an awesome beer company, and I did say organic. That doesn't mean bad for you people that look down upon Whole Foods, etc. Speaking of Whole Foods, you can find them at Whole Foods in California, baby. Uh, they have a great pale ale. That's my favorite. I'm going to keep talking about it. So go to facebook.com slash peakbrewing to check them out and uh, follow them at, on Twitter at Peak. Brewing, P-E-A-K-B-R-E-W-I-N-G. As we like to do, Calvin, we start off with a risk. And in the past few weeks, the Celtics have become a sensation around here, around CLNS, around Boston. People are starting to talk about them again. It's mainly because of Isaiah Thomas. But uh, let's start with a little post-game reaction. Last game, Miami Heat, because there that game was that game got chippy, did it not? Yeah, well, it was a it was a big game if you think about it. I mean, you you look at the standings. Huge game in the standings. Yeah, there are three game three teams tied for that for those seventh, eighth, and ninth spot. Uh, uh, or there were now there are two because the Celtics beat the Heat. So, and obviously keeping them, you know, still two games back of those teams, uh, Indiana and Charlotte in the seventh and eighth spot and knocked Miami back down a peg. So that was good. But, yeah, there was some chippiness going on in that game. Uh, you know, a good amount of it going on between Hassan Whiteside and, you know, whoever happened to be defending him or playing against him. <laughs> uh, Everyone, yeah. But, you know, mostly, mostly Tyler Zeller and uh excuse me but I, I i feel like it really started with seller and some, something about that matchup seemed to frustrate him he seemed first he seemed lazy uh early on in the game he he didn't go for rebounds i noticed uh you know scal commented on it in, in uh you know on the uh show and then you know after that he seemed he got frustrated uh, with the way he was being defended, and he got an offensive rebound and just sort of shoved Tyler Zeller and kind of dunked in his face. And he just seemed so angry, and I, I really never saw why, what he was so angry about, what he was so upset about. And then a couple of plays later, Olenek was in the game, and you saw uh, the situation where my, Miami had the ball, and Whiteside kind of just ran up and... and hit Olenek from behind. I don't know if he was trying to box him out before the shot came up or he was trying to, like, set a hard screen on him. I I don't know what he was trying to do, but I will say that I, I really didn't completely agree with the flagrant two call. He just I don't know, trucked I mean, He sized him up. I mean, he, he sized him up. He hit him square in the, in the back. There was not even a, really any rebounding action at that point. The ball was up, but it wasn't coming off the cylinder yet. And it, I don't know, it just, it seemed to me like an overly aggressive move and Whiteside immediately went to the bench. I don't know if it was something that somebody else said to him, like you better get moving or if he knew he was about to be ejected and that he was just getting a, a closer or he was, he was getting a, 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 an easier route to the, to the locker room at that point, because I think he knew at that once he, once he did that, that he was gone. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't have a problem with a flagrant call. I just feel like an ejection in that situation where Olenek's not in the air. It's not really physically dangerous to him. You see sort of guys get tangled up. Like, if he had done that exact same thing uh, a second and a half later, 
it would have looked more like a natural basketball play. It was really the timing of it that made it look bad. But if he did ran you, up from behind, did, did you think Marcus Smart's elbow to Alfred Payton the night before against Orlando should have been an ejection? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I also did not think that should have been an ejection. I think that you know this is going down a rabbit hole, but we don't have that many topics tonight. So I, I do a little bit, but uh, I definitely feel like that that was a situation where like. I mean, I've seen Kobe clear space with his elbows a million times, and, and granted, that Harden was does it all the time too. Yeah, Harden does it. That was a particularly hard elbow. I will grant you. So, I, again, again, in that situation, I don't have the pro- I don't have a problem with the flagrant being called on Marcus Smart, but I think the flagrant two in the ejection, like in the same thing with the white side, like the flagrant two in the ejection, to me, should be reserved for a situation where somebody is in a, a defenseless position where. You know they they're either they're either flying from you know in the air for a dunk and they get hit from behind and collapse to the ground or some something of that nature. Um, you know, so, so I think that you have I mean, to take. I know he I know he could be boxing out at that point and maybe he should plant his feet a little bit better. But if a guy is coming from the free throw line and he trucks you from behind, how is that? Def- how can you defend yourself t- to that? And I mean, and this well, doesn't apply to to Whiteside, but. I think that Smart's flagrant was a flagrant too because it was a headshot. Isn't there a rule in the league that says if, if you hit somebody in the head, it's an f- automatic flagrant too? If there's intent, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, that that's the point I was about to make about Whiteside's hit. Like, obviously, you can it's less defensible than Marcus Smart's play in terms of of being a basketball play. But the difference between those two plays is that that Whiteside. Whiteside's play was really just uh, almost like a hard push. If he if he punched him in the back, or if he you know what I mean, if he kicked him in the back, or if he if he hit him in the head in some way. Sure, it was then, a couple forearms. Sure, it was it was yeah, a bo- it, it was a it was a box out maneuver. I would I, I right. guess. I mean, it was it, it was a body check, and it was obviously it was unnecessary. I'm not I'm not trying to say like you know no call. I I think a flagrant's fair, but I think an, an injection to me is a little harsh. And the same thing. Uh, the same thing with Marcus Smart. I mean, Marcus Smart's case. I think that you know the guy was sort of on the side of him. It's hard to completely, you know, it, it, like the idea that he's going to, to elbow a guy coming in, uh, sort of from his blind side with that sort of accuracy. I find it hard to to believe. I guess. Uh, it, I guess what it comes down to in that situation is, is you know, like you said, hitting him in the head. But it didn't look like the kind of thing that that was either a malicious, or, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's why we have the flagrant one and the flagrant two to keep people from being ejected in that kind of situation. And in that case, you know, it kind of ruined the game. Miami's already without Dragic. Uh, you know, they're already without Chris Bosh for the rest of the season. The White Side's basically their second best player, and. Yeah, I didn't think he was. And he, granted, he wasn't playing that well in that game, but I, I don't think it's fair for him to just be gone for the rest of the camp. Based on, now, on uh, do, you, do you think this is? Uh, <clears throat> you think this is something that they are look? They were told to watch this kid because he was ejected recently as well for a, another stupid type of move like that. Uh, I definitely think that factors into it. I think if it was somebody else in that case. Uh, no, I don't think it should. Do you? I, mean, I would. I would say. I would say. It did, after the first time, maybe not. After the second time, I mean, you're risking that you're going to get into like a Ron Artest type of situation, aren't you? I think there that you have to factor precedence in at at some point. Uh, well, he, but it, or if there or if a pattern begins, but after this, after one instance or incident, I, I think no, it, they should be looked at separately. Well, here, here, in my opinion, is where you factor it in. When, when something that can be argued as accidental and a player has a pattern of, you know, doing other, quote, accidental moves, then you can say, hey, this guy's trying to get away with something. Look how many other situations he's gotten in. You have to do better. Even if they are hypothetically accidents, which nobody believes, you you know what I mean? You have to do better. But I think that was a clear, you know, that play was what it was. It was there was no, you know, trying to get away with something or like, hey, let's look at Whiteside's record and, See how he he sneaks up on guys and you know does this at other times. It was so in that case. I just feel like that's a situation where uh, you know you want to suspend. Now you're right. At a certain point, also, 
if a guy is just trying to hurt people constantly and getting kicked out of games, then maybe you start escalating suspensions. But I, I don't think Whiteside's gotten there yet. Uh, can I break some news right now? Yeah, what do you got for me? Darrell Rivas has signed with the New York Jets. Oh, Since yeah. That, I mean, that's one of our topics tonight, NFL free agency. Um, yeah. He, 70 million, 39 fully guaranteed, 48 million in the first three years, five year contract. There he goes. How do you feel about that? Um, that sucks. It sucks. It's it's terrible. I don't, I I would like to see what what the Patriots offered him, but if they let him walk over like five or six million guaranteed, I think that's that's just a bonehead. I think he's the linchpin of the defense, and if they're, it's possible they're falling into this this thing that they've done in the past where they win a Super Bowl and then they. Say, all right, well, that's that's good enough. Now it's time to just make the playoffs again and and be okay. Uh, I I don't understand how you let this guy walk, especially after you let Browner walk and you pay McCordy the money like that. I just I don't get it. Oh, are you a believer in in uh, Browner over McCordy? Uh, no, but. I'm a believer in if you paid McCourty, you better be paying Revis too. And it doesn't seem as though they've done that. I just... No, I, to me, this is this is just a consequence of, uh, you know, <clears throat> when you don't have a quarterback, you can offer Darrell Revis an absurd amount of money to play for your team. I mean, right? I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. It's like teams that don't have to pay for quarterbacks are the ones making all the plays in, in free agency. And I think that's what happened again here. That's yeah, that's true. That is crazy. Thirty-nine fully guaranteed. But if the Patriots four or thirty-five, then I don't. And they didn't come up. Then that's that's where I'm going to have a problem with it. If they were up there and he decided to go to the Jets, then more power to him. That's his thing. And they're. I don't think that he's going to make them that much better. And and they, I don't think they're going to be there at this point. So maybe he's happy with his with his ring and he want he just wanted more money, but. If, I'm just saying right now, if the, if the Patriots were only four or five million guaranteed off on this thing, then that looks bad on them. Yeah, and and you know he was drafted by the Jets. Maybe he just wanted to go home. He felt he felt himself to be a possible. Jet. It's possible he wanted to go back. Uh, but wow, that's crazy. So that that just hit Twitter just in the last couple of minutes. Here, everybody's starting to talk about it. Um, so, why don't we go back to the Celtics really quickly? Um, because when I let off that, sort of alluding to the fact that people around here were starting to talk about them again. But now the Revis is gone. I'm sure that's all the people are going to want to talk about uh, over the next week or so. So, we'll see what happens with the Celtics. They've, they've got the Grizzlies coming to town and then another important playoff or another important game as far as a game they should be able to win is concerned on Friday uh, against Orlando, even though they just blew a big lead against Orlando on Sunday. The point is people are starting to talk about this team again, and it's because of Isaiah Thomas. I can't see any other that, that people are really that excited again. All these other players are playing well, I think because he has infused some energy into the team and, He's changed the style a little bit, and they finally have a guy who can finish in the fourth quarter and just get to the basket, and that opens things up for everybody else. So this is what they've wanted, and I'm going to talk about them now. Is Isaiah Thomas the type of player that can that can really carry a team like this, or is this just going to be a, a, a thing that happens for a month or two and then he falls off? Yeah, it's funny because all this talk about how it's become a new era of basketball and, you know, analytics and, like, the, I can't use that in that context, but more what I'm talking about is, is, you know, sort of passing the ball around the perimeter and, you know, waiting for an open jump shot to appear. Uh, the, the, it's, it's 
might be successful, may or may not ultimately be successful over the long term, but it's certainly not as interesting as having a guy who can get his own shot off the dribble, is it? Like, you know, the Celtics have been playing pretty selflessly since the Rondo trade, but they, they haven't been nearly as exciting until Isaiah Thomas showed up and, you know, does his crazy things. Like, you, you don't know necessarily what's going to happen, but when you see him out of the perimeter take a guy off the dribble, get to the basket, you know, and get an and one, or be one of the quickest players in the NBA, I, I can understand why it's causing people to talk about the Celtics again, because it's fun to see that kind of basketball. It is fun to see that kind of basketball. This is Danny Ainge's vision. So uh, hopefully the callers will pick up again as well over the next couple of months. And maybe if they hit the playoffs uh, and the postgame show will go nuts again, because there were times where we couldn't keep people off lines uh, on the postgame show when the Celtics were doing really well. So uh, not even for us, but for me selfishly as a, as a season ticket holder and all that, you know, I just, it would be great if, if they could be a legitimate playoff team again and if it happened sooner than everybody thought it would be if it happens this year or even next year that's pretty much sooner than many people were predicting when they first signed brad stevens as head coach and went into the tank situation last year speaking of tomorrow night it'll be sean backy and jess thomas after the grizzlies game so tune in for that one here on clns radio and of course, Jared Weiss will be doing the garden report after that game. So head over to youtube.com slash CLNS radio and check out all the garden report stuff that Jared does. Cause he, he's got a lot of great locker room interviews and I'm sure he'll hear, hear from some of the guys tomorrow. Go ahead. Yeah. Don't just tune in, call in, you know, we, we, call need in, callers. Yeah. we don't, yeah, we're not getting any callers this year, guys. Like anyone who's, you know, listening to this, like, I'm sure you have thoughts on the Celtics. I, I realize they're not great. We don't always want to talk about the team when they're bad, but you know what? This team is young. They're they're improving. Like, hey, it could be worse. Like, you're not experiencing the, the year that I'm experiencing in L.A. having to watch that team. Although, I've got a, a recent glimmer of hope in Jordan Clarkson, but that's neither here nor there. But the point is, is like, there, there are things to appreciate about the Celtics team, and I, I feel like you guys should start appreciating them a little. But, I agree. Yeah. More importantly, you're right. Like, this team right now, they're, again, two games out of a playoff spot. There's not really any logical reason for anybody at this point to be on Team Tank, right? Because if they miss miss the playoffs, what are you talking about? A minuscule chance on the lottery. And you you know your luck with lottery. You're not going to win the lottery. So what are you talking about? You're talking about, you know, pick 10 to 12? What? What's the difference between the tenth pick in the draft and you know the fifteenth pick in the draft if you make the playoffs? Like, is, is it really that much of a difference at that point? It's a crapshoot anyway, right? Like, show me what what's the percentage of success you think uh, of NBA players even coming out of that tenth position? It's probably not that much different than than in fifteen or sixteen where they'd end up uh, as a playoff team. Well, that's what I've been saying the whole the whole time is that they should definitely make this push to the playoffs because we know that they're not going to be a, a lottery a lottery team. And that it looks like a couple of years, the draft picks that they've – Brooklyn, uh, I think they've, they've got a random picks in a few years or something like that. Uh, the Cleveland picks might pan out, but that Clippers pick – it's probably not going to pan out. It's basically, basically Brooklyn. They have some picks that look like they're going to be pretty good. Uh, so bank on those picks turning out and develop your own players and try and make a playoff push because you're not getting a lottery pick of your own. So, I mean, like you said, once you get into 12 to, to 16, they're all pretty similar. They're going to be pretty similar players, and you can find somebody you like. And with all those other picks you have – Who's to say you can't trade up and get somebody at eight if you if you see a guy that you think is is gonna go under your nose if you're picking thirteen and the other team's picking twelve, you know? So this gives Danny Ainge a lot more options because not only does it make his players uh, have a little bit of confidence if they make a nice run here playoffs or close to it, but it also is going to make guys that play well look better and. If he feels like he can get a good deal to trade one of these guys on some really key assets, 
then I'm sure he's going to do that as well to, to improve the franchise. So he, he's the Celtics have given themselves a lot of options and it's, I mean, you can't predict which one is going to work out, whether it's certain players or draft picks or whatever it is, but you just have to hope that, that something hits here. Yeah, I wish Matt, Matt Dog was on now. I, I would like to ask him about the strength of this particular draft uh, as opposed to next year's draft. But do you, the other thing is, do you have uh, Brooklyn's pick in, in this in this coming draft? Because because they're a team competing with the Celtics for a playoff spot. So right. hypothetically, I don't know if, if they have their draft in 2015, but uh, yeah, you could you know make that Brooklyn pick a lottery pick just by making the playoff. Well, let's let's see. I've got it right here. It's pulling up. A little drum roll. If I was looking at that, um, they have. Their own pick this year, Brooklyn's pick next year, uh, and then mm-hmm. after that, it, it, every other year, it's the option to swap. Um, let's see, Boston's pick conveyed. Boston's pick conveyed to Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, they, so they've like twenty uh, eighteen. I think they have the option to swap or seventeen with Brooklyn. So, but straight up, they have Brooklyn's pick next season. Okay, well there it is. I guess it doesn't. That what I said doesn't matter at all then, because they don't have Brooklyn sick this year. Right, but they do have. They have a Dallas pick this year, and there is a random Minnesota first round pick this year. Look at that, uh, but it's the protected one. So, if they if if Minnesota, which they, which they, Minnesota's pick is protected one to twelve. But all right, we're getting a little technical here. It's protected one to twelve, so the Celtics will probably not have that pick this year, uh, and then it'll eventually turn into second round picks later on. But they have their own this year. They have the Clippers this year, and they also have uh, Dallas's pick, assuming Dallas misses the playoffs this year. Okay, that is heavily protected. How about that? So listen to this: Dallas's pick is protected one to three and fifteen to thirty. So basically, they have to just miss the playoffs and and not fall and and not get into the lottery. That's that's and then the Celtics will have their pick. Yeah, I have to say, uh, like Ainge is, Ainge is sort of an expert at getting these first round draft picks that like logically aren't going to end up as first round draft picks. You know what I mean? They, it sounds like the, head, right. the headline sounds nice when you say first round draft pick, but then when you tell me what, what the uh, protection is on that first round draft pick, it, right. it just looks. It, they seem like the the most unlikely of situations. So yeah, and then after after this year, it, Dallas's pick yeah. is is only protected one through seven. So it's it, it's like that for five seasons. If Dallas gets into one through seven for the next five seasons, it will be unprotected in 2021. I have no idea how Ainge negotiates these things or why he even cares whether he has Dallas's pick in six years because I would imagine that the Dallas Mavericks are going to be out of the lottery at some point in the next five years. If it's not next year, it should be next year. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know why he puts all these provisions in the trade clauses or whatever that he goes out and gets these picks for, but uh, whatever it is, I mean, he's got some attractive things, attractive pieces here over the next two to three years, especially. Well, in his case, it goes, it goes both ways. You know, he, that protection is on this year's pick because he doesn't want Dallas's late round first, uh, late first round pick that he he knows uh, this team's going to produce, but you know, by next year, say that they have some free agents on that team. Uh, Tyson Chandler's going to be a free agent. Rondo's going to be a free agent. Although, you know, maybe Rondo leaving is a, a blessing in disguise. But I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Monte Ellis is also a free agent. Dirk's getting older, so there's a chance that Dallas falls off the map next year. Would yeah, maybe. Maybe Ainge uh, foresaw something, but at the same time, if they do fall off the map, he doesn't get their pick for the next five years. So uh, I don't know. He's got he's got he's got a bank on Dallas sort of being that mid range uh, type of draft pick, and yet again, that's just another mid range draft pick. So none of these picks really look uh, appealing as far as lottery contention is concerned. But there are a lot of picks over the next few years, and that Brooklyn 
set is the one that really might pan out, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, anyway, Calvin, let's get back into NFL free agency because this Patriots thing is really blowing up. Um, people are up in arms that Revis is gone. People are retweeting me about Revis and the phone number, but nobody's actually calling. So it's just you and me, buddy. Maybe I should give the phone number out on, on uh, right yeah. now. Maybe they don't understand. I haven't given it out yet. Maybe this is my fault. Half an hour into the show. It's 347-215-7771. So if you're not looking at the tweets, then there you have it. I apologize for not giving it out earlier. That's, that's totally on me. Um So let's wait to see if somebody calls in on Revis. I want to ask about another former Patriot who is now on your team. How do you feel about Shane Vereen joining the New York Giants? Uh, I like it a lot. I I feel like the Giants have not really had an effective uh, pass catching back, you know, since Ahmad Bradshaw and, you know, before that Tiki Barber. The last couple of years, they really haven't thrown the ball to running backs very effectively. And I, I think it's because, like, the, you know, a lot of the running backs haven't had great hands. Um, so I like that. I like it a lot uh, as a change of pace guy. I really, you know, I, I like Andre Williams' size, but I, I was sort of not not as impressed as I wanted to be with the way he played last season, but he was a rookie, so we'll see how he plays going into his second year. But obviously, uh, I'm not expecting Green to be a starter or anything, but I, yeah, I, I liked what he produced in New England. I'm, I'm sure. I'm assuming you did too, right? I mean, he's a guy who's fast, and he he's elusive. He gets out in the field. He's not very good about uh, playing through contact, but that's not what they want him for anyway. They just want him to catch balls out of the backfield. Yeah, we all know that Shane looks good in blue, buddy. So I think he's going to look good in giant blue as well. Uh, I. I don't know how much how much is guaranteed in that deal. I never caught that. I know it was a four year, sixteen million dollar deal. But do you know how much is guaranteed? I don't know. I'll Either way, to... you. I think you're going to be happy with Shane. Uh, the the way that he sort of changes the offense a little bit. He can catch balls exactly like you said out of the backfield. He can run routes like a wide receiver at times, uh, and his fumbling has gotten better. So once he puts on that giant blue, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, is that, I didn't know. I didn't know fumbling was an issue for him. Now I'm concerned because yeah, our, our, we, we've had a recent history of running backs with uh, a lot of fumbling issues. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call the fumbling for Vereen an issue. And actually I'll, I'll back it up by looking up his stats right now, just so I'm not sullying the, the man's name, but uh, he, he, I mean, he's, Fumbled before all, all uh, right. running backs have right. Let's see. Only, uh, only, only five million guaranteed for running. So I'm, I'm good there you that. go. That's yeah. You should be fine with that. Yeah. All right, Shane Vereen, career stats. How many fumbles do you think he's lost in 42 games? Let's find out. What do you think? Uh, only 42 career games, huh? Um. I will say three. I'm going to eat my words here, buddy. One rushing, one receiving. Looks like you're fine. Nice. Congratulations. Do you want uh, you want any former Giants? Do you want uh, Jason Pierre-Paul? Do I want him on the Patriots? Yeah. I'm just kidding. I, I, yeah, I know. A, I know you are. I know you are. Um, um, you can, so you obviously, Revis just, made, Revis just made the big splash, uh, but there are some other big moves that happened earlier today, including some big trades and things that you don't see very often, Calvin. You don't really see big names being traded in the NFL, but uh, the St. Louis Rams have traded quarterback Sam Bradford so they've given up on Sam Bradford and I can't really tell whether this is St. Louis saying we'd prefer Nick Foles uh, because they sent they sent uh, Bradford over to Philadelphia or this is Chip Kelly in Philadelphia saying we prefer Sam Bradford I I just can't tell what's going on with this trade do you have any thoughts on that one 
Yeah, you're jumping, you're jumping on my, my good deal, bad deal game, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, well, then let's lead into that. Well, well all right, before, before you do, I, w- I want to ask you about uh, Patriots linebacker Jonathan Casillas. Uh-huh. Any good? Casillas. Casillas. Him. Any good? Uh, he played a small role on the team, but I think that the, the Pats were impressed uh, with with what he brought. What he brought. What he brought. I sound like Brandon Paul at this point. What he bring to them, Jesus. Speaking of Brandon Paul, Calvin, we got to talk about something that he's going to be involved with in a few minutes in a, in a flashback situation. Um, but I think that the Patriots were impressed with what uh, what Casillas brought to the team because he was, as far as I as I know, by all accounts, he was a good locker room guy, um, and people. Wait, are you wait, wait a minute? Are you sure this is the same guy? Yeah. I'm looking at who I'm looking at who the Giants just signed. I thought Oh yeah, that's right. He's so I I, I just thought he was uh, somebody different. He I saw clips of him after the Super Bowl like running around with his dad and his dad was like like looking at him like he was crazy because I think he had like a bunch of post-its on him or something. I can't remember what was going on, but he's a good locker room guy. Uh, he's a he's a young player, and I they went out and got him uh, because they didn't know what was going to happen with the rest of their players once Mayo went down, and I think that he filled in just a small role, but they were happy with what he did. So I don't know what the giants are looking for him to do. Is he going to fill a big role for them or what? Uh, that's a good question. It's weird. Cause the giants defense never prioritizes linebackers. They just signed another linebacker, uh, JC Thomas from the Jaguars, who I, I think is, is, has a little bit, uh, more of a career. It looks like than than the, uh, Jonathan Casillas. So, Maybe maybe they're just looking for depth right now. I don't I don't know. It's a it's a weird thing for them to just be signing these guys. That I, I thought their priority was going to be in the secondary with safety, but so far it's been linebacker. All right. Well, since I almost squashed your your good deal bad deal, uh, let me tell you let me tell you about a good deal that is happening on CLNS Radio. Can do you know what it is? Is it um? Is it Linda? It's not Linda. This is this is one hundred percent completely free and somewhat out of the blue. But if you tune in to CLNS Radio on Tuesday night between the hours of seven and nine p.m. and then again. On Thursday, March 19th, between the hours of 7 and 9 p.m., you will hear a reunion of the Celtics Late Night Show, Calvin. That's right. Brandon Paul and Nick Gelso are back at it one last time. The live recording is happening this coming Tuesday, a week from tonight, on the 17th. You are invited, sir. This is your official invitation. And uh, I will play this as a precursor. Remember this? Oh, yeah. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So old school. That is the beginning of the old CLNS show intro. This is their new intro. You're listening to the Celtics Late Night Uh, Show. Live at www.celtics.com. Celtics late night show. I don't know who that guy is. I have no idea who that guy is, but he's awesome. And all of these things are coming back together. Live recording Tuesday night, March 17th. Brandon Paul comes back to CLNS radio. I feel like this is a promo for like sting coming to the WWE or some crap. Brandon Paul what, comes why back. Is why is it one last time? <laughs> I don't know if it's one last time. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, to hype it up. Because you know what? The thing I got from Nick, it says Celtics Late Night Show. Live recording Tuesday, 317. B. Paul and Nick Gelso reunite for In Green. One episode only. 
Throwback <laughs> Thursday, iTunes release date, 319, where it all began. There's a picture of uh, me and Nick and Brandon and others on the floor of the garden with uh, right in this, right it's at center court and it's it's like somebody's uh, it's like somebody's uh, background photo on their phone and it's it's uh, that's what the poster is going to look like I'm giving you all a sneak peek of this right now through the radio you can imagine it and uh, you know what buddy you're invited okay. I forwarded it to you today I emailed it to you. <laughs> And I was going to tell you, I decided to tell you live on the air. How excited are you, Calvin? I'll be there, but um, does, does Nick even watch the Celtics anymore? Does he know anything about that? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Now we're going to blow it up. Um, yeah, he's he's fully admitted that on the air before, that, that he has not caught many games this year. But I think that he's he's pumped up about bringing all the, all the old people back into the fold. Mike Munger will join us, of course. Jared Weiss, who I mentioned earlier on the Garden Report, will join us. Travis, what's his name? Is that guy back? Travis, Travis, what's his name? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. I think. Uh, let me mm-hmm. let me pull up the official guest list right now, and I'll and I'll tell you. So stall for a second. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know All right, I got thing? it. No, that's that was that's too slow. Too slow. I I got it. Uh, so. I guess he's going to reach out to, uh, you remember Quapt? I've heard that name before, yes. Of course, Quapt, yes. Kobe wears a purple thong. Yep, he's going to be, he was the first okay. caller ever to seal on us or to the Celtics Late Night Show. Of course, Mike go. Munger that I mentioned, Thirsty Boots may join us. Uh, our good friend Igor over uh, with uh, Celtics, mm, what are they called? I don't remember what they're called. I I should know that. That's bad. That's bad. Sorry, Igor. He's a good guy, though. Igor Mitich. Good guy. Uh, and, of course, me. I'll be there. Ty Ray, Sean Backey. Those guys will probably join us as well. Um, I don't see I don't see Travis. What's his name on here, though, Calvin? So I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if it'll be the same without him. May, maybe it won't be. Maybe it won't be. Look at all these Seal on a Show things that I can play. This is Austin Ames. You're listening to Austin something Ames, late yeah. night show on... Stop. They've got, they got so many things. Getting jiggy with it, you know? Like, yeah, there we go. I'm just stealing all their bits right This is Darrell Summers, and you are listening to... I don't even know who Darrell Summers is. I'm stealing all their bits. Sorry, Nick and Brandon. I like to think that the Celtics late night show started in like 1994, and, and that's why, that's why I like getting cheeky with it. Is one of their premises. Can you allow me to think that? I will definitely allow you to think that. Uh, let's let's try one more. Hi, this is Mike Petrus. Thank you, TNS Radio. Yeah, I love you guys, and one love for Boston. That's right. Thank Michael you, Michael Petrus. What happened to that guy? Is he in the NBA still? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if he's still in the NBA. I'm not oh, actually sure. Um, and one more, my favorite. Hey my man, favorite. this is work done. You've been listening to CLNS Radio. There you go. Thank you, work done. Actually, that's not my favorite. I lied. This is Delonte West. And you're listening to CLNS Radio. There it is. There it is. That one is most certainly the best. Okay. I stall and and I just spent like seven minutes on the CLNS uh, late or the Celtics Late Night Show that is coming back next week. So that's enough for them. Uh, what's next here? NBA MVP? Yeah, who you got? I, who are my top three? I did not prepare for this, um, but I I do have a Hassan Whiteside. It's gonna be yeah Hassan Whiteside. The, uh, Calvin, this this might be a yeah. turnaround for me, and you you might be you might want to roll tape on this one so that you can. Uh, oh, I'm already gloating. I, I already know what you're going to say, and I'm gloating. You right do. In my head. Yes, you do. You do know what yeah. I'm going to say, don't you? I do. Or do yeah. you? 
Well, maybe you do. Maybe you don't maybe know what I'm going to say. Maybe I'm not, not. really maybe sure where you're going with this. Maybe I don't. Maybe, like... maybe you weren't one of the ones. I'm definitely, if I call in the Celtics late night show next week, that's right, I'm promoting them again. I'm definitely going to gloat about this fact. So, okay, so okay, okay. Well, done. listen, hold on a second then. Here's my top three. In no order. Okay. No, order. But I, but I, but I, yeah, in no, in no order yet because I, I want to see what your reaction is because I know that – I'm not sure if we're on the same page on this one. But okay, we'll see. We'll see. One of the guys, one of the guys in this top three is, is a guy that I've personally bashed many, many times before, and he's just – taking it to the next level and he's absolutely unbelievable so in no order anthony davis steph curry russell westbrook so you don't strike me as an anthony davis hater because really who is right never been never been a davis hater why would i be yeah steph curry i mean hypothetically you could have been the steph curry hater previously under the idea you know he hasn't been healthy uh until you know, in the past, he wasn't always healthy. Yeah, a few but, a few years ago, I, I criticized uh, Steph Curry for not passing enough, and then he started averaging eight nine assists a game. So I can't really criticize him for that anymore, and he's just been absolutely incredible. Uh, but Russell Westbrook is the guy that I've always been ripping apart, and I think that's the guy that you have always backed up. So I, people are going to yeah. criticize him for for being injured this year, but it's it's uncanny how good he has been and how important he has been to Oklahoma city. Uh, the fact that Kevin Durant has been hurt uh, has boosted him up a little bit, but he's been better than Durant this year, Calvin. And he's been more important than Durant this year. He's, and if you want to look at the numbers, then fine. Maybe you can argue that Durant is the better player. He gets a couple more rebounds. He shoots better. He's, he's got a better percentage. I should say, uh, he gets, but he, you know, when he doesn't get the free throw line nearly as much as Westbrook does, and Westbrook is the guy that's really taking over games for Oklahoma City. So if that team makes the playoffs and makes a period, if that team makes a, makes the playoffs, he should be in the conversation. End of story. And I've I, pretty much yeah. done. Yeah, you're right. I've been a Westbrook defender for years. Uh, you know, I've been doing these post-game shows and shows. I wish that Mad Dog had called in because guys like he and Munker would always complain about how Westbrook's not a real point guard, and they would tell me that they think Rajon Rondo is a better player than Russell Westbrook, which if you just just listen to that sentence, I'm going to say it one more time. They said that Rajon Rondo was a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook. It's like, if you just think about that now, that idea is, is laughably insane. Now, like, as good as Westbrook has always been, and he's always been you know, really good. It just he's been overshadowed by this notion that it's like he's taking shots away from Kevin Durant. As if there's a team in the NBA that's like if it's that's uh so good that or a player in the NBA rather that's it's so good that like having one other dominant player on the team is going to take shots away from that first guy. Now there's there's plenty of shots for both of them. And the also the idea that Kevin Durant was carrying Russell Westbrook, we see now that that's not the case. Like, Westbrook's right. getting his chance to shine. He's come out in the open, and he's destroying the NBA. He's putting up numbers that, you know, just in this in this recent run that I've, I've never seen before. I mean, yeah, Oscar Robertson, whatever you want to say, that's that was in a time when it was easier to do that. Now, I mean, the let's guy just, just plays with it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to quickly, let's see. He missed the game against the Lakers. Do you know what that was for? Yes, it was for facial surgery. Face because he surgery. Got a- that's right. That's right. That that was just a, just about a week ago. So before the face su- surgery, he had three triple doubles in a row, and two, and, and then uh, six double doubles in a row. And one of those was with seventeen assists against the Denver Nuggets. That's not even mentioning the fact that before that he had like twenty five and nine, twenty six and nine, uh, a couple other games where. He was close to a double-double and just didn't get there. So if you're looking at pure numbers, like a lot of people do, then Westbrook is definitely going – He's over the past three, four weeks, he's been on just this incredible run. But look at the three games since he had facial surgery. Sure, he had nine turnovers uh, against uh, Toronto, but he's uh, – let's see if I can do this math real quick. He's, he's averaging a triple-double over the last three games. It's insane. It's just – can you uh, 
I mean, you like you said, you haven't seen somebody with a run like this in a long time. And saying Oscar Robertson is, is a, a definite stretch because this is just three games where he's averaged a triple-double. Um, before That's after the facial surgery. For six games now, he's definitely averaged a triple-double. And then actually looking at it, it's maybe even over the last eight or nine games that he has averaged one. But um, you need to see this stretch for a long time before you start to compare him to Oscar Robertson because that guy was basically a career triple-double. But for this short period, you don't see that in this in this NBA anymore. You're right. You're absolutely right. So not even LeBron James did, did stuff like this. So that's why you got to start talking about Russell Westbrook in the MVP race, especially if it continues for the next month. Now, I'm, I'm glad that you had Davis in your top three. And Davis has definitely been the best player in the league this year. If you just take everything into account, factor in his defense, his offense, just, you know, his shooting percentage, everything he does, he's been the most impressive player in the NBA. And if you're talking best, I think he's been uh, in, in, in right there with LeBron in terms of best players yeah. in the league. So I would, I, I would actually put him number two. That's why I, I, would, I would say that right now it's, it's Westbrook number one for me, Davis two, and I'll put Curry three because I think that Golden State uh, leans on Klay Thompson as well. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I respect that move of yours, but I, I, I think that uh, I think that you have to factor in winning a little bit more uh, in this situation. I, I don't think that they're quite, they're not in the playoffs now. If they could get to, if he could get that team to, you know, a seven seed, then then I could probably start considering Davis. But right now, I would I would have him at fifth. Uh, LeBron, I would have at fourth. And, um, yeah, my top three is, it, it's Westbrook, who I think that Westbrook's played in, in the games that he's played, He's played better than anyone, but this race is so close that I think you have to factor in the fact that he's missed, you know, 25% of the season, and that's ultimately going to, it's, it's just, it, it's not everything, but I think, you know, when it's a neck-and-neck neck situation, I think Westbrook could still, if he, if he plays this way till the end of the season, I might switch, but right now I've got Westbrook three and then Harden and Curry uh, two and one. Uh, I think I have a little bit, a little bit of a bias because Westbrook's on a couple of my fantasy teams. <clears throat> so, yeah, he is just totally crushing it right now, especially in the league where there are no turnovers anymore. Thank you, idiots in my league, getting rid of turnovers. Yeah. Um, so I grabbed. I, I mean, I grabbed him early on, and I, I just, I think it's great. I have Steph Curry in a couple leagues too, so that's great. Uh, my my teams are doing well this year, Calvin. That's that's where this bit is going. Um, do you want to do your good deal, bad deal game really quick as we end this? I forgot we skipped that. Yeah, I, I, was, I was just thinking that we did. Yeah, um, yeah. We could. Would you rather do that, or would you rather talk about Bayheim or racism in Oklahoma? So you, you can call it. I'll go. I think race. racism in Oklahoma happens every day. Jim Bayheim is interesting but it's college so who really cares and uh, even though march madness is right around the corner maybe we can talk about that next week actually that's probably a better time to touch on that because he won't be coaching in uh, conference games i think that's imposed right now in effect and i'm not sure um that's all we need to say about that let's let's play the game okay if, if you're a syracuse fan though do you even care are you even mad at Bayheim? Do you look at him any less? Probably not, right? Probably, probably not. Like, All right, well, That's what college probably basketball not. is. It's winning. Yeah. Yeah, right? hashtag winning. All right. Yeah. All right. Hashtag well, uh, winning. First, Indominus in, in Sioux signed with the Dolphins for a whopping $114 million. Really, is that a good move for the Dolphins or a bad move? That's a bad move for the Dolphins, man. I don't – I mean, I think that their line is going to be beastly for maybe a year or two tops, but I don't think that the rest of their team is, is good enough to really bank on a guy like Sue to put them over the top. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Dolphins have their stuff together, but I just feel like their coaching staff and their organization in general as a whole is relatively incompetent and signing Sue to a massive deal like that. I would not be surprised if he got lazy down there on South beach. So bad deal for the Dolphins. Yeah, I think at that at that kind of money, I I don't want to see any defensive tackle. Even though him playing Crazy. alongside Campbell, 
Yeah, him playing with Cameron Wake. That I'm, I'm sure that's going to be difficult uh, for your Patriots to deal with, particularly the way Stu collapses the line. All right, yeah. Jimmy Graham uh, traded from the Saints to the Seattle Seahawks for two-time Pro Bowl center Max Unger. Who who do you like this deal for? Seattle. Honestly, this this might be a rare deal, and this is one of the ones that I was uh, talking about earlier with a big name moving uh, that it could have worked out for both teams. I will be interested to see what happens there. Didn't a draft pick move in this as well? Did Seattle get, or I'm sorry, did New Orleans get Seattle's first round pick this year? No, I think it was it was a later round pick. It was like a fifth later round pick. Round. Okay, so yeah. the, the pick might not ma- end up mattering, uh, but. That's a. I think that's a. That's a move that might work out for both teams. Jimmy Graham on Seattle could be a scary situation because now they finally have a tight end that that actually would enhance their offense. I think. Uh, and I don't know what the Saints' situation is, but they uh, they may need a center. So more power to them. Yeah, I agree. I, I, Jimmy Graham makes a lot of money, but again, with that offense, they re-signed Marshawn. They needed a guy who could catch balls, and a guy like Jimmy Graham is perfect for Russell Wilson's uh, offense because he's, he's a rollout guy. You want to roll out and hit the tight end anyway. It makes perfect sense to me. like the deal. Uh, Philadelphia sends Nick Foles to the Rams for Sam Bradford. Yeah, like I said earlier, I don't really understand this one for either team. I mean, I can't tell whether Chip Kelly's saying he prefers Sam Bradford or St. Louis is saying they prefer to, to Sam Foles uh, or – whether both teams just say, yeah, we don't really know what's going on. So this is a tough one to, to gauge, I think. we got, And you have to wait and see how it plays out. Yeah, it's tough because they're, they're trading, not only are they trading quarterbacks, but they're, they're, they're trading injury-prone quarterbacks both out for last season. So it's like, who's going to come back healthier? I have no idea. So this one's an incomplete for me. Pelodi uh, Nada goes to Detroit from Baltimore for a fourth and a fifth round pick. I think that's an excellent deal for the for the Lions um, because they needed something to sort of fill that hole by left by Ndamukong and Sue. And maybe they could have done better if there was a, a, if they had held out and waited for another deal. But I don't blame them for just jumping right in and, and getting a player that they know is proven uh, and that can play for them right away. Yeah, I love Filoni Nada. I, I realize he's getting older. I mean, he's not old. He's 31, but I think he's still a dominant player. Um, uh, Julius Thomas to the Jags, that makes no sense to me. I, I don't understand Yeah, what why. is he doing? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what they're doing. They don't have a quarterback. DeMarco Murray might go team. there too, right? Yeah. The rumor. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Macklin for $11 million to Kansas City. I don't really understand that either, but I guess they've been looking for a replacement for Dwayne Bowe for a while, right? I mean, on, on the one hand, uh, they didn't have a wide receiver catch the touchdown. It's the first time in NFL history that happened last year. It's so insane. I understand why they had they had to get a receiver. I just don't know if I paid Jeremy Macklin that kind of money. I feel like ideally Macklin's a number two, even though he did have a good year last year. Um, part of that, I thought, was the system. Seconds. Let's see. Uh, okay, Philly, Philly trading uh, Shady McCoy for Alonzo. Go. Oh, I think that's going to be a deal that works out for Philadelphia, and Buffalo's going to look like fools. Uh, I just, I don't know. Unless unless Rex Ryan can really put something together up there, that team is going to, on, on defense, I should say, that team is going to fall flat on their face. I just don't, I don't like what. Rex is not the guy to put an offense together, so they need a strong defense, and it doesn't look like they have one. Agreed. I thought Shady slipped a little last year. He's a running back making a lot of money who they traded for a good linebacker and a rookie deal. Makes a lot of sense for Philly, not so much sense for Buffalo. And All right, is that it? One more? Uh, yeah, okay. Um, oh, I mean, there's 30 seconds, so that's it. Okay, fine. Okay. I didn't know if you had another one right off the, the top of your head or not, but that's going to do it for us. <laughs> now we're definitely done. Thank you all for listening. This has been Careless Whispers on CLNS Radio. You can find us on iTunes and on your Android devices. Download our mobile app. It's free. Would you? Good night.
you cow. Let me hear your pigeons on your mouth now. Shut up. I'm plugging in them social skills to keep my total bills over a million. The last time I checked it. We're talking about practice, man.